0: So, John, what is the most embarrassing thing that you've done while being locked up in
1: your apartment so far? Oh, you mean in this current situation yeah. that we're in, in which yeah. we're kind of locked down? I'm not going to lie, I've done a lot of dancing. <laughs> really? Yeah. Just, you know, just a slight cabin fever, you know, a bit, bit of pop music, full choreo, you know, singing, <laughs> various states of undress. and so. Uh, yeah. What, yeah. What, uh, what sort of dances have you done? I mean, I wouldn't like to go into too much detail, to be honest. But, go uh, on, a lot of, it's, it's a lot of pop music, so sometimes I'll Have go you done for the single, single ladies route. dance. Have you done the cha cha slide? Uh, it's more like Britney. No, 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 nothing like not the Macarena. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> <Just the,
0: laughs> you the Macarena so alone by in
1: the doing flat. Y M C A. No, more like Britney stuff, you know. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> the Macarena. See
0: now, now I am just imagining, because Britney and uh, other music like that, I wouldn't be surprised to see in like a uh, uh, a drag race lip sync.
1: Sure, yeah, that's kind I am going for.
0: And I'm now imagining you just do what is that they call it? Did they call it a, a body slam? Oh, a death drop. A death drop. Sorry, yeah, I am just imagining you no, just doing I, death I'm drops not, and all sorts in Europe. I am not
1: brave enough for a death drop. No, just, no. <laughs> just a bit of light grinding is fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you grinding against?
1: Whatever comes to hand, you know.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, you're a maniac. everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels and spin-offs to the amazing, really happy film that is Room.
1: Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> wonder whose idea not... that was.
0: <laughs> Whoops. Um, not The Room with Tommy Wiseau. No, we already did, where... did that one. That was fun. Yes. Uh, room where Brie Larson wins an Oscar. Yes. Um, we'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with submissions that they've posted on our social media pages. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from this fun film, and give a bit of a plot summary just to catch all you guys up. I'm Harry, the host with the most
1: room. Um, Sure, yeah, you're, you have a house, I have a flat, that's fair. Yes.
0: And joining me as always, the host who clearly is going insane with how locked up he is, It's John Lucas. Hello. yeah,
1: Hanging <laughs> by a fingernail at this point. My mental health is handing him an absolute fingernail. <laughs> um cool so room uh you've seen this before haven't you yes i saw this in the cinema yeah i think i saw this around that time as well mm-hmm. it was a big oscar film when it came out wasn't it It did it won uh well it won best actress for brie larson yes i think it got yeah. some other nominations yeah it was a big one yeah yeah it was best picture nomination mm-hmm. yeah um, it was a really good film to watch in oscar season <laughs> when you're primed for misery you know and <laughs> it was a good film hey i didn't find this film that miserable you kept saying that, and ugh, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? I was look. I have watched, you know, Contagion. Fine, Outbreak, a hoot. This I would watch both of those films. Don't get me wrong. This is a great, great film, and it deserved all the success that and the acclaim that it got. Mm. I would rather watch Contagion ten times over <laughs> than have to sit through this again. <laughs> this emotional ringer. This deeply upsetting. How are we supposed to talk comedically about this film? Seriously? Well, we have to try our best, John. Oh, God. I love the bit where a dad couldn't look it in the eyes because every time he looked at the little boy, he saw the years of rape his daughter had endured. What a hoot. Great, thanks, gold. John. Yeah,
0: yeah. Come on, let's bring this up.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm just saying this was rough. This was rough. Yeah.
0: No, you're right. You're completely right on uh, on, on every account. This was uh, one of the more serious films that we've done. Just, just, just a tad, yeah. It's, it's not it's not not that I remembered it much uh, very differently. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought there'd be a little bit more to talk about.
1: But on I on, like... on that note, like mm-hmm. do a plot summary. Sure, I would just say in the future. I think it, there's two different thoughts you could have. There is, does this film fit the theme? Yes, yes, it does. Is this film good for podcasting? Maybe, yeah. Just, mm. You know, it has to tick
0: both boxes. But I would have still gone for it. Okay,
1: well, you know, we'll, Cause, we'll cause, see.
0: Because, you know, I, I, I thought it was going to be good for podcasting, and hey, maybe it still will be. Maybe well, uh, You know what?
1: Let's find out. Yes. Let's,
0: let's, let's stay in a positive light about this being a, a good contender for a podcast episode.
1: Sure, well, okay, well, hit me with a snappy, witty plot summary of this movie,
0: then, Harry. Great, <laughs> all right. So, Brie Larson and her son, Jacob Tremblay.
1: Yes. Who is playing a five-year-old. Yeah, I think he's a little bit older, but he is, yeah, he was like eight, maybe.
0: Yeah, I I think he was, but the the actual character was supposed to be
1: five. Yes, the character is five, yeah.
0: That's important, because she's been locked up for seven years in this uh, very small room with just a skylight. And uh, yeah, she's had a kid. This whole film is told from the kid's point of view. Yes. Which is why I think it's
1: not a super depressing film. Sure, it do, it does slightly shield you because you only get his perspective on things, which is probably a good choice. Also yeah. worth mentioning, it's based on a book, and the book was also written from the child's perspective, so that's kind of where it comes from.
0: Right, okay, yeah. Once upon a time, before I came, you cried and cried and watched TV all day until you were a zombie. But then I zoomed down from heaven through skylights into room. And I was kicking you from the inside. Boom, boom! And then I shot out onto work with my eyes wide open. And you cut the cord and said, Hello, Jack. Yeah, and so we start off with, well, basically a montage, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, sort of a, a setting in the scene thing of just daily life with those two. And, uh... They've not got much to do, but also it's clearly all that he knows. Mm -hmm. He just knows this small room that he refers to as room. And he refers to everything just as a proper noun. Like, I'm going to go and live in wardrobe for
1: a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He thinks the room is the entire world and everything outside of the room is make-believe. That's what he's he's been led to believe. How he's been raised to think.
0: Yeah. And uh, every now and then there is this guy called Old Nick. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, as far as we know, who comes in and gives them a little bit of food sometimes, and in the night makes some noises.
1: Oh, are you trying to tell this from the kids' perspective as well? <laughs> not intentionally, but that's how it goes, isn't it? Well, yeah, well, Nick is the captor. He's kidnapped these people. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. Well, it's not a spoiler. That becomes clear very, very early on. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> There's no, it's not a shock twist. Yeah, <laughs> old Nick has kidnapped Brie Larson when she was about 18, I would say, maybe. Something like that, yeah. And yes, she's been locked in this very small room and he comes by every night and he rapes her. What a feel-good film.
0: Yes. yes. All right, <laughs> thanks, John. Yeah. And that's, to be honest, that's pretty much like the first half hour of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Just kind of setting a scene like that. Uh, the film really gets interesting for me when they eventually break out. And then I find that, that most of the film, in fact, the last two-thirds of the film are all just Jacob Tremblay exploring the world. Sure, yes. Outside of the room. I'd say them being locked in the room, like, it, it is a significant part of the film. I feel like it should have been shorter, but it's, it's mainly just setting the scene. Well, the story what... is not about them being locked in a room.
1: Mm-hmm. It's about Jacob Tremblay learning about the world. Sure. Yeah, I think a lot of movies would have just all been that, and about and it would have the credits would have rolled when they escape. But what this film does that's quite interesting is it takes maybe I think it's just under half. Actually, it's more than you think. About half the movie is them surviving in the room, and then how they eventually escape, which we'll we'll kind of get to that. And then the second half of the movie is, like you said, them adapting to outside life, which he's never experienced before. Mm. Uh, They move in with Brie Lawson's mother, and you know she's she's having a Brie Larson is having a really hard time readjusting. You know, obviously she's deeply traumatized. Um, she feels a lot of guilt and yeah, she's having a lot of her own emotional problems. Whereas he actually, even though he's never lived outside of the room, he bounces back very quickly, mm. relatively speaking. Like he seems to adapt quite well to the outside world because he's fortunately he's only five years old. He's young. And I think that's quite a wise observation that the film kind of makes is that you'd think that he'd be more traumatized because he's never known anything different but actually mm-hmm. he, because he's still so young i think one of the doctors said you're lucky you he got out while he was still plastic which you believe is the term for being emotionally capable of recovery from something yeah. like this so he recovers and she really doesn't or she she really struggles so uh, yeah and, and but as you say we're, we're seeing this from his perspective so we get a lot of his confusion as to why his mother is so unhappy when mm-hmm. you know on the surface, things are a lot better. So I think the movie explores that in a really interesting way. Mm. Yeah, it does. I will say, as much as this was a you know not a film I really wanted to be watching right now, I, I was impressed. It's not like just misery porn. Like it does manage to. Keep, I think it's a very fine line when you have got something as heavy as this in terms of the subject matter mm. to just make it so bleak that it's exploitative. I, don't, I think it manages to. Again, it's because I think the the fact that they do tell it from the kids' perspective, that all the stuff about how she's being essentially being raped every night and all that stuff, it's mm-hmm. there and it's heart wrenching. It's horrible, but it's it's not so upsetting in the sense that it could have been in if mm-hmm. if it was just a film that was just like oh look at the horrible stuff, just look at it, look at it, look at it. Like it, it does keep you just on the right side of that. I think.
0: So, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree, and I wouldn't have picked it if it was on the other side of that.
1: Sure. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to pick 12 Years of Slave as my next No. <laughs> well, have I got news for you? <laughs> next week's the John pick. And, uh... <laughs> Schindler's List, yes. It's been on the yeah. shortlist for a while. <laughs> but what did you think of the actual escape, then? That's kind of the crucial... I thought it was great. I loved how tense it was. It was very tense. It was such a stupid plan. That was what really, like, I found, like... I I, I kind of out. agree, but then also I was like... They've got nothing else. Sure, sure, sure. But it really it really sets you on edge because it's there are so many ways that plan could go wrong. Mm. So essentially what she decides to do... I can't remember what the impetus is for her to decide that this is the moment to leave. I think maybe just because he's getting older and she sees an opportunity with the power going down or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. There's a power cut, or he cuts off the power. The... The kidnapper, old Nick, he loses his job, doesn't he? He loses his job and he, he, it yeah. transpires that he's having money problems and he cuts off the power to their room for a few days. So they're cold and they don't have any energy or any electricity or anything. Mm-hmm. So she t- takes this opportunity to feign sickness, with, mm-hmm. uh, to make it look like Jacob Tremblay is ill, like a high fever, and then to make it look like he's died. And then yeah. she wraps him up in a carpet and asks the well, guy to well, get a ini-
0: initially it's just the sickness yes and she, oh yes that's it she wants him to go to the like, hospital
1: plan A was to hey
0: look he's sick take him to the hospital mm-hmm. and that doesn't really work because old Nick's just like oh okay then well I'll come back um, mm-hmm. and he just leaves yeah that plan doesn't work so then yeah she goes to plan B which is much more intense
1: <laughs> torture where... To <laughs> where Jacob Schoenberg essentially has to play dead yeah and risk against being... his will pretty much against his will risk being buried alive what if we just buried him in the backyard Yeah, well, I don't know. It's a big old risk. Yeah. It's good, it's effective, it's gripping, but it's... It it is incredibly, incredibly foolhardy, the choice that she makes.
0: You see how that's even trickier than pretending to be sick because you're going to play dead?
1: Folding over. I don't want to be dead. You're just pretending to be dead. Say Stiff. We're going to roll you up and rug so that old Nick won't see you, won't see that you're alive inside.
0: Old Nick's going to pick you up like this, say stiff, stiff, stiff. And, and you're not going to be wobbly and floppy this time. You're going to be real stiff, indigo, like, a, you know? like a robot. It's going to shake.
1: Feel that? This is what it'll feel
0: like. And that's when you know that old Nick's driving. That means he's busy and so it's time for you to roll. And you're not going to make
1: a sound. And I'm going to be there in your head talking to you the
0: whole time. Come on, roll, roll, roll. Now wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. We get yourself I out! Can't stop! Come on, Jack. Morgan! So she pretends that Jacob Tremblay is dead, rolls him up in a rug, mm-hmm. just as Old Nick walks in, and so Old Nick doesn't actually see him at all. Yes. She yeah claims that he's dead. He died of whatever illness he had, and uh, she wants him buried somewhere by trees, not anywhere near here because she'll feel him. I'll I'll feel him near me. Yeah. And yeah, so as the plan is, he takes Jacob Tremblay, puts him in the back of his truck and drives off somewhere.
1: How does she even know he has an open back truck like that? What if, what if it just been like the boot of a car? He would have been screwed. Yeah. No, She's not I, seen I, what I, he drives I, 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 I don't know. seven years. Maybe
0: that's the thing that she did know for whatever reason. Like maybe he's told her at some point. He seems that the sort of person who might talk about his truck or whatever. I guess, yeah. Um, There's just or, so much that could have gone wrong. Or maybe wrong.
1: she just assumed, like based on the kind of person he is, but he has a big, big old assumption. Yeah. Like, this plan depends on Jacob Tremblay being, the, the car, he's rolled up in a carpet, it absolutely depends on the carpet being put in an open back truck, unsupervised, with room to roll about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a whole, and that he wouldn't just, like, to say, yes, yeah, sure, I'll bury him by trees and just, like, bury him in the back garden. Mm. There is so much that could have gone wrong. I'm sorry, I really hung up on this, but it really bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's completely fair. But
0: anyway, nothing does go wrong. He he gets out and eventually at a stop sign, he jumps out and runs to a person, screams for help. Old Nick grabs him for a little bit, but then gives up and drives off, leaving mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and, uh, Jacob Tremblay behind. And Jacob Tremblay gets picked up by the police. And I think this is probably my favourite bit of this movie. <laughs> it's a weird movie to have a favourite bit for. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, but it's just the two police officers, how mm-hmm. one of them was very competent and the other one's completely incompetent
1: is he i wouldn't go that far he just doesn't seem like he's particularly engaged with it
0: well yeah yeah, he wasn't at all like the guy who was driving he was just like oh just leave it like we'll just sort it out when we get there we'll just give him to child services and that'll do it and Mm. then the other lady she literally works out everything just like okay well he's been locked up in a room for probably his whole life a room with a single skylight um three stop signs away Mm-hmm. and uh oh no
1: she does excellent detective work she is a, he, a heroine
0: yes yeah. yeah, she she deserves a promotion oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, like she works it all out and then that's it they they find it they free breed arson and mm. uh yeah it's great on with the second part of the film
1: so she gets out and she's they're in hospital for a few days and we see that him adjusting to kind of basic stuff like a shower and mm. having more space than a tiny little Backyard shed. And the amazing view of the city they've got. Mm, yes. They, they got some good hospital treatment. That is the hospital's executive suite, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they end up moving back in with uh, Brie Larson's mother, mm-hmm. played by Joan Allen. And it turns out that in the seven years that she's been incarcerated, her mum and dad have split up. Mm. And the mum is very supportive she you know she she handles it as well as could be expected i guess but the dad is having a really hard time with it and he's having a particularly hard time with jacob tremblay yeah the kid because he he just can't look at him because obviously when he sees the kid all he sees is the fact that his daughter was raped for seven years and he's the product of that so yeah and he kind of disappears from the movie very quickly like Mm -hmm. i thought that made a very harsh they didn't really like labor over it so much they just make this kind of very harsh point that he just cannot deal with it and so he just disappears from the movie and pretty much entirely
0: mm, yeah i'm glad that he left because I, I didn't really want that to be a plot line
1: yeah i, I think this movie is good at like again it could have also gone down the route of like oh will old nick go to prison will there be a court will it be a court drama but mm. it, like, it lifts out all the extraneous stuff and just leaves you with again because it's from jacob tremblay's perspective he's being protected from a lot of this so mm-hmm. i'm sure the dad didn't just like never speak to his daughter again but from jacob no. tremblay's perspective he disappears from the story so he does yeah But yeah, so the they're living with the mom, but for a lot of this, Brie Larson's just really struggling to adjust, and there's lots of, like, struggling for money, for example, so Mm. they end up having to do a a TV interview. A primetime interview. A primetime interview, yes.
0: Which, they really should have vetted the questions. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) I did think they leaned in, they went a little heavy with some of these questions, like, um, as bad as American TV can be, like, don't you feel guilty? Seems very, like, triggering and judgmental. (laughs) Mm, Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so she has this primetime interview, which goes very badly for her. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, sure, they've got some money, but also now she is chronically depressed to the point of attempted suicide.
1: Mm, yeah. And then she gets written out of the movie. For a while, yeah. Yeah, essentially, she because uh, she's in hospital. So she, mm. she, she makes a suicide attempt, another cheerful moments in this cheerful movie yeah um, she, <laughs> so she's she's recovering for a while and we again we, we get from jacob tremblay's perspective the grandma looking after him and saying you know your mom needs some time to herself right now and obviously he doesn't really understand that that's all mm-hmm. obviously it's quite upsetting for him uh but we get some nice stuff with the grandma where she's cuts his hair and mm-hmm. uh yeah he seems to he seems to be coping very very well under the circumstances. And uh, and yeah, and then the movie ends with the mum coming back and they get kind of reunited. Yeah. That's kind of it.
0: That is that is pretty much
1: it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's the plot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I still I still think this is a really good film.
1: It is it's a great, great film. I'm not disputing that for a second. It's a really, really good film. Yeah. Mm. It's a really interesting spin on a story that's not told all the time, but like it, it, it's been done, you know, kidnapping films have been done before, like, yeah. but I don't think they've ever been done in in, in this particular way. I think it, it puts a really interesting take on it. And I think the way they put it from the child's perspective is really, really well handled. And mm. it helps that Jacob Tremblay is unbelievably good in it. Mm. Like it all so depends on having a child actor who's going to be able to make this believable. And he really does. Like, yeah. So much um okay do you want to get to drinking games oh yeah i've got so many harry <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm just again how do you like have funny drinking games with this film right like, i've got a few but wasn't e- this was not easy okay john thank you <laughs> will you go first your tone is appreciated um <laughs> drink for shouting drink for shouting okay just well yeah he he does shout a lot well they both shout at each other quite a lot so
0: yeah there's a lot of moments where they'll just be like a normal conversation then suddenly they'll just shout
1: something at each other yeah oh and there's also the scene when they're shouting out of the skylight to try and oh, get yeah. someone's attention yeah. so yeah yeah lots of lots of raised volume in this film i guess mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay uh drink whenever jacob tremblay misunderstands the world yeah yeah that's a good you know because of the things that his mother has taught him like um I did get one laugh out of this bleak horror fest, <laughs> which is when she's explaining to him, oh, by the way, everything I've ever told you is a lie. Like, because she's, <laughs> she's told him for five years that the whole world is the room just to help him to cope with it and everything mm. else is imaginary. And then she decides when on his fifth birthday he just dump this entirely new world concept on the poor kid. Like, she really dumps a lot on him at once and, like, yeah. expects him to just be on board with it. But I did, I did get a little chuckle. Uh, when she says, people on TV, they're real too. And he goes, Dora's real? And she goes, no, Dora's a drawing, but people... <laughs> in, Dora the Explorer, but, uh, but people, people are real. So.
0: Imagine what would happen if you watched The Matrix.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, oh God, that, that, that's, when he finds that film, it's going to blow his tiny mind, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a whole world of media that's going to, yeah, mess with mm. his head, but... <laughs>
0: Um, drink whenever Jacob Tremblay refers to something as a proper noun, such as oh, okay. room, chair, chair number two, wardrobe, world.
1: Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they're very good. Okay, uh, okay. I've only got one more. Drink when you cry, as an audience member. When you <laughs> when you well up, reach for a big old glass of wine, chug it down. No. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Good one. What were your? Um, I mean, did you? Were you dry? Were you dry as a bone, or did you?
0: Yeah, I didn't I didn't cry. I didn't really find anything in this, like, majorly heart-wrenchingly sad. God, are you dead inside? It doesn't really have that moment, though. What do you mean? It's all that moment. There's so much of yeah, this film that not, set me it's, off. It, it's not a positive
1: mood film, I'll give you that. But it's not... It's not... Which bit did you cry at? Well, not just, like, upsetting moments. Like, there were a few... Like, when he gets wrapped in the carpet, and, he, and she, again, when she realises that he's gone, that set mm. me off. When they get reunited. Oh, that, yeah, that really got me when in the t- when she sees him through the taxi and she's like clawing mm. at the door. That set me off. Mm-hmm. When the mum and dad came in, that set me off. Mm. The, the, in the hospital when they first see her for the first time in seven years. That got me. Wow, okay. This film went really differently for you. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have picked this. <laughs> and also, I think the most I cried actually was when the grandma's cutting his hair. <laughs> Not because I want, no, not because I was upset that she was cutting his hair. No, but just a bit, the bit. I mean, I was already a wreck at this point because this film had already like ruined me emotionally. Mm. But then when she's cutting his hair and he just says, "Grandma, I love you," and then she just takes a moment and she she has to hold herself together, and I was gone. I was absolutely <laughs> gone. <laughs> that was actually, you know, I forget the dancer. That was the most embarrassing being a locked up alone experience i've had this week just being in a flat on my own watching this film and just like sobbing like a baby (laughs) (laughs) okay okay so thank you for putting me through that emotional ringer harry you're welcome you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) what's wrong with you
0: i don't know john maybe i'm locked up inside as well and everything's just going topsy-turvy in my head
1: Yeah, I think we need to look into this Mm,
0: (laughs) um, Great (laughs) Have you
1: got any more drinking games? No, no, I'm done Okay, cool (laughs) This is the best part (laughs) Does it feel good? Yeah Oh, good Oh, let's see Oh, yeah I love
0: you, Grandma I love you too, Jack. So before we do sequels, just want to let the listeners know if anybody's actually got this far into this dreadful episode. Uh, I don't think it's dreadful, but whatever. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, thanks for your support now, John. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> um anyway, uh me and John are available on Patreon. So if you go to mm-hmm. patreon.com slash beyond the box set. Can support us for as much or as little as you want, and you get some bonus features. You get a bonus show where, um, about every week or so, me and John review a film. Yep. Currently, because of lockdown, we're not doing cinema releases, we're doing well, we're taking requests really. So,
1: you know, send anything mm-hmm. and
0: everything. Yeah, not, in- not, not unhappy things, happy no, things no, no, only.
1: No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, we've got what we're we doing, <laughs> we've got a Serbian film, we've got Schindler's List, we've got Sophie's Choice, we've got 12 Years <laughs> a Slave. It's all the feel-good classics we've got coming down the line.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, we're probably going to do Onward soon, and a oh few god, other th- that's gonna—is that going to destroy me as well?
1: We're going to do some Disney's. Um, Have you watched Onward yet? No, not yet. I'm,
0: I'm going. Okay, because the- if
1: that's going to Inside Out me, I'm, I need some space. I need some time. I'm not ready for another one of these yet. So,
0: yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Hmm. Okay, maybe we'll go back to an old, an old classic or something. Sure. Um, <laughs> anyway, also if you come to Patreon you get some more bonus features as well you get a 30 second advert slot on the main show you can talk mm-hmm. about anything you want to also on the main show every now and then we'll do a Patreon episode where we pick a Patreon and you get to choose the film for us you can guest if you want to but you don't have to
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you also get our Facebook group and you get extended versions of the main show as well oh, great, yep. Yeah. very good so all that available, patreon.com beyondtheboxset please send us your requests
1: yes bonjour tout le monde i'm finn and every tuesday i host a podcast called passport people in which i talk to people from around the world about the places that matter to them what is so special about each location what makes each place tick where are they headed to join us on our round the world trip talking to a diverse range of fascinating people from an incredible variety of professional and cultural backgrounds search for passport people in spotify itunes or wherever you get your
0: podcasts
1: okay sequels do you want to go first sure yeah okay so this was tough yeah this was uh, not the easiest because how do you make a sequel to this film but um you know John, I think, you can always veto a film by the way well if i'd known that last week <laughs> when did you watch this film oh do you mean after the fact oh i only watched it yesterday well there's your problem I'm a busy, busy, busy man. Time. <laughs> no, no, this was challenging, but I, I, I've i come up with something that I think I can I can live with. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with. Okay, so it's not a funny sequel. I've not gone for a comedy. So, you know, my powers are only so great. Okay, so it's, it's more cool. of a, it's quite a serious sequel. But, oh, great. Uh, yeah. Can't wait. Oh, a... I hope this doesn't make me cry loads, John. I'll have to go and dance it off or whatever. I think you're okay, Harry. I, I, I think those those ducts have, well, have dried up. It's <laughs> lack of use. Um, no, okay. So it's a, it's a straight sequel. Uh, it is set eight years later. Mm-hmm. I've, I think this film came out like five years ago, but mm-hmm. the reason I say eight is because I want to catch Jacob Tremblay up to his current age. So okay. he's not having to play a few years younger. Yeah. Which would mean he is 30, which is how old Jacob Tremblay is now. Yeah. Which is, yeah, a good age for the kind of sequel I'm working on. So... I don't think the film original film specifies what year it's supposed to be. So I don't think it particularly matters no. in terms of you know this film being potentially set in the near future. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. So it's eight years later. Jack is now 13 years old. And uh, we're going to catch up on, obviously, what's been going on with the two of them in the meantime. Mm. But this time, I'm thinking it's still going to be via voiceover. But this time, it's going to be from Brie Larson's perspective. Mm. We're going to get her side of things this time. Because uh, I think because he's a teenager, like teenage boys are not the most communicative. Mm. So I think it would be good to have a perspective on her watching her son grow up and kind of grow apart from her and ha- her having to try and understand that and try and reckon with it. And also I hate films that have teenage characters doing voiceover narration. It really drives me nuts because <laughs> it's always so phony. Yeah, So I think yeah. i much prefer to do the adults. So we find out that Joy, for that is Brie Lawson's character's name, Joy, uh, she's now moved out of her mother's place and she, she ended up going back to college to kind of me, catch up on the education that she missed out on while she was suffering her ordeal. <laughs> so she went to college and now she's got a job in the city. But they, they've moved out of that town and they moved into the nearest city. Doesn't matter which city particularly. And they now have a small apartment, just like a two-bedroom apartment in the city. With the mm-hmm. two of them. She works very hard. She's kind of dedicated to her job and she just tries to live a quiet life. Uh, the reason she wanted to get out of that town was because she didn't want to be forever known as the girl who got kidnapped because everyone knows her face everyone knows her story she didn't want that for herself she didn't want that for Jack so they've moved far enough away that she can live a semblance of a normal life and she's very private in that way Mm -hmm. so all this time all these years since they've got out it's always just been the two of them you know still them against the world very close you know mother-son relationship Uh, but now that Jack's a teenager he's starting to pull away a little bit and we'll mm-hmm. get this from her voice. So, how she'll explain this? So, he's a sm- obviously a very smart kid, but he starts to have trouble at school, where he's getting into a lot of trouble. He's acting out. He's skipping classes. Just standard, you know, teenage angst stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. Teenage playing out. And he also has a lot of anger issues, and he, he has a tendency to lash out, you know, physically and emotionally. So, she's very worried about him, basically. Yeah, you know, all of this understandable. He would have some issues, you know, as he deals with you know what you dealt with. Yeah. So. I was thinking maybe she's probably in therapy. She certainly should be, you know, to to get over her trauma. And also because mm-hmm. therapy is a good exposition dump. So, hand, Handy. <laughs> yes, that, that's very true. Handy therapist is going to be on hand. She could be talking to about her concerns. Who's the um, therapist? Ooh, who's the therapist? Oh, uh, Gillian Jacobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she could be good. Yeah. I, I Britta from Community. Yeah. yeah. Yes, just for those who don't watch the show. I can see her as a therapist, yeah. So anyway, whoever it might be, Gillian Jacobs or otherwise, uh, the therapist advises her that it's natural for teenagers to pull away from their parents. That's just part of life, part of growing up, and it might actually be healthy. And that she should also take this opportunity to take some time for herself because she's dedicated her entire life to to him. And maybe this is an opportunity for her to kind of find herself a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And we learn that she's never actually been on a date or had any kind of relationship since getting out of the kidnapping situation. Because obviously, hugely traumatic. Mm. She's obviously going to have massive trust issues and not want to be around men or anyone. So, yes, yeah, she's very much just not opened up that part of her life at all. Yeah, uh, And she doesn't really want to. But the therapist advises her that she should at least try if she feels that she can. This, this might be a good opportunity for her to maybe just dip her toe in. Just, you know, just try to get into that world a little bit. So she does and then so I think this is going to be one main plot line of the movie is going to be Brie Larson's character exploring like the dating scene a little bit trying it and not not telling people who she is and what her backstory is because she doesn't want that to be out there she's really intensely private about that chapter of her life Mm -hmm. so but obviously it does cause her a lot of difficulties when she's trying to date guys because she's incredibly afraid of intimacy she's you know she's very uncomfortable she t- it takes her a long time to warm up to people and it c- means that she has some bad experiences you know she has a lot of guys uh, not like bad experiences to compare with what happened to her in the movie but you know just standard issue you know bad dates you know dates that go wrong Men who lose interest very quickly when she doesn't want to go to bed straight away you know just yeah. she, she definitely has some 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 yeah so, some bad dates and bad experiences um mm-hmm. just to kiss a lot of frogs you know Or not kiss a lot of frogs. I think she probably wouldn't even kiss them. (laughs) But eventually she does meet a nice guy. Maybe it's like a colleague at where she works. I'm thinking she'll have like a, a kind of job in an office or something where she can be, you know, she's using her college education at this point, but she's not, you know, she's not drawing attention to herself, so... Maybe she has all these like bad dates that people try and set her up on or through Tinder or whatever. And then eventually she has this friend at work or this work colleague who's always had a bit of a crush at her, but she's never really acknowledged it. She's never really realized it. And then eventually he gets up the courage, asks her out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so these two people start tentatively dating. And he's this guy, is gonna, he's going to be kind of shy and very, very patient with her and quite quirky and just a, a genuinely nice guy and what she needs at this point in her life. Mm-hmm. And he is obviously going to be played by... Danny Pudi.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah.
1: Because we're reigniting that love story. Because mm-hmm. uh, pre-fame Pre Larson was in Community. Mm-hmm. So again, we're sprinkling bits of Community. Can you tell Community's back on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> sprinkling it in here and there. But yeah, so I thought it'd be good to bring them back together. Because in, in Community, she plays Danny Pudi, who played our bed in Community. She plays his love interest in a few episodes. Yeah. And then I think she just vanished because she got famous and didn't have time anymore. I don't think they ever really resolved what happened to her. Maybe, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Mm. I'd have to rewatch all the way through to confirm. But yeah, yeah. ultimately, yes. Um, I just thought it'd be a nice little nod to have them reunited. They made, mm-hmm. a, good, they made a cute couple. So yeah, so he's he's her, her nice nice guy boyfriend who's, you know, very patient and who, you know, she starts to feel able to open up a little bit. So that can be one plot line, just to kind of a sweet romance between her and him. Mm-hmm. But then another major plot point of this film. It's going to have a few little plot things kind of circling around it the way these kind of dramas often do. Yeah. Another plot line is that while she's going through all this dating experience and trying to like be a good mom to Jacob Tremblay, she's always trying to protect their privacy and not tell anyone what happened to them, but she's constantly being hounded to like write a book about it, you know, mm-hmm. or appear on to go on the talk show circuit and talk about it even now years later like it's still People are constantly trying to, like, make a book out of her. So they will even, like, do reality television, you know. She even gets offered to do, like, tacky reality shows. Mm. Uh, but she turns everything down. Like, she just does not want to be defined by the tragedy in her life. So she says absolutely not to everything. Flat no. But around this time, the period of this film, around this time she learns that an unauthorised TV movie is about to be made, is being made, is in production, about her experience.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. And she immediately tries to get it shut down. She contacts her lawyers and tries to get it shut down. But she's told that, as TV people often do, they've changed it just enough that they can get away with it and that <laughs> she can't sue them. Mm. So they have completely ripped off her story, but now it's been changed so much that she has no control over the narrative. So she can't stop this show from being made. Yeah. Um, and it's not a thoughtful, Oscar-baity film-like Room at all. Mm. This is a trashy, exploitative TV movie. Mm-hmm. So this is actually kind of the the misery porn version of the film. That we, I was thankful that the actual film is not. That's what this is. This is very exploitative, very trashy. Yeah. she's really unhappy about it. She's not going to watch it. She will refuse to watch it because what? What would it possibly? Why would she possibly want to watch that? But we will I think we can see some scenes from it and see how it's taken this you know very traumatic, sad experience and turned it into something really grimy and horrible and you know just mm-hmm. unpleasant and cheesy as well. I was and I was thinking the actress who plays. Her, who plays the Brie Larson character in the TV movie, should be an actress called Lucy Hale, who is the girl from True Dear and Fantasy uh, Island. Yeah, yeah. Just because like that's the level we're working at in terms of like you know yeah sensitivity. So yeah, so see this this awful TV movie comes out. She doesn't watch it, but it does reignite interest in her story. You know this thing that's maybe died down a little bit after eight years you know she's managed Mm -hmm. to stay private but now it's become this huge TV sensation and now once again she's finding that all the media are like harassing her again they're like she's got journalists waiting outside her apartment she's getting all kinds of people asking her about you know once again trying to get to go on chat shows trying to ask her what she thinks about the show and she's like trying to keep her head down but they're just constantly hounding her and it for all all of this attention forces her to come clean with Danny Pudi her new love interest Mm -hmm. who she hasn't told about her past at all. Mm -hmm. She's just kind of been very vague about why she's quite shy of intimacy and all that kind of stuff. So this forces her to come clean and she actually tries to break up with him. She says, you know what? I don't want to be defined by this thing that happened to me. And now you know, that's all you'll ever see when you look at me. So I'm really sorry, but I can't, this relationship can't continue, you know? Yeah. But he insists because he's a nice guy. He says that he doesn't care about her past. He doesn't care what happened to her in the past. He just wants to be a part of her future. Mm -hmm. So very sweet. He sticks by her and they stay together so that's a nice little nice little happy resolution for her there so yeah, that's nice. that's going to be that's going to be a main kind of plot thing uh, and then I think the other main plot strand of it is going to be around Jack obviously who also has a hard time when this TV movie comes out because it causes a lot of attention to fall on him as well mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't take very long for the classmates in his school to figure out who he is and why suddenly there's journalists around and they realise that he is the kidnapped kid um, as they sensitively call him you know mm-hmm. so he starts being teased for it, harassed for it, to the point where there's a, like a, a school bully, your yeah, classic bully, mm. starts like making fun of him for what happened to him and what happened to his mom. You know, makes probably makes some really horrible off-color comments about it, mm-hmm. and he just flips out and like attacks this kid, this bully, mm. and beats him up to within an inch of his life, like because he's got these anger issues and this just really triggers all his anger, and so he ends up beating this kid up really badly and getting suspended from school. So, this causes obviously more problems between him and his mom. The more she tries to reach out to him, the more he pulls away. And he actually lashes out at her as well. Like, not physically, he doesn't attack her, but like, emotionally, he's like, he blames, because he's a teenager now and he's hormonal and, you know, he's, he's he's not as he's not that same sweet, trusting kid we saw in the first film. Now mm, he's going yeah. through. Yeah. So he, he now blames her for everything that happened to them. He feels he's been robbed of a normal childhood and it's because if she hadn't been kidnapped that day, if she hadn't been stupid enough in his perspective to get kidnapped, then none of this would have happened and he wouldn't have had this life that he's got now. So it causes a major problem in their relationship and it's causing him a lot of emotional trauma and, you know, with school and everything. So that's his plot line. Um, that's kind of as far as I went. I want I want it to obviously, I don't want it just to just end on this horrible note where he, his life is ruined by this. So I want them to find some way to reconnect, you know, or to make peace with each other. Have you got any thoughts on how the mother and son relationship can be repaired, maybe?
0: I think that maybe he needs to just go on an emotional journey of some sort and, yeah, I don't know, maybe find a find a similar case of how this has happened or when this has happened. Mm. Investigate it in his own way and then come to a conclusion that, like, oh no, my mum definitely did the best that she could.
1: Yeah. I was thinking maybe he also becomes interested in the fact that the he becomes obsessed with the kidnapper, mm. uh, who's obviously in jail. Like, he would be definitely in jail for life. But maybe... Because this guy is his biological father, maybe he does become a little bit like fixated on this, and he mm-hmm. part of him wants to meet him, and then part of him doesn't, and then maybe the film follows him trying to. And obviously, Brie Larson's like absolutely not. That's a terrible idea. I never ever want you to lay out as on him. He doesn't yeah. have any right to you at all. And maybe he he comes really close to it, but then at the in the end, he decides not to. Like he closes the door, and he's like maybe like goes up to the prison gates and everything, but then at the last minute, he turns around and mm, decides yeah. not to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and or maybe maybe he moves, and maybe as well, maybe he moves back in with his grandma. Maybe that's the thing he does when his his mom fall out, and maybe oh, yeah. the grandma help. Maybe the grandma helps him to kind of you know, it's grandma who he loves.
0: Yeah, grandma don't who. Cry. Yeah.
1: don't cry. No, no, it's fine now. I don't have to watch it. It's fine. I've I've, <laughs> I've got I've I've worked through the emotions now. But yeah, maybe she helps him to understand that like Brie Larson was only trying to do her best, and you know it was difficult for her as well. And. Yes. Ultimately, I just want them to. I don't want it to end on a bleak note. I want it to. I want them to reconcile. So you know, so that's essentially It's just more of a you know quiet little character study about like how they deal with how they both independently and as a, as a family deal with the events that happen to them. Mm. So yeah, no, I like it. It's
0: kind of where I expected a, a straight sequel for this to go.
1: Yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking of. I, I couldn't really think of a way to make this like oh let's go funny and quirky. So mm. I just went with. Yeah, something quite straight. Um, so my working title for that is uh, Room to Breathe. Room to Breathe. I like yeah, it. because yeah. they both need a bit of room to breathe from each yeah. other and from everything. So
0: Yeah, yeah that totally works. Hmm. Okay, well, I've, uh, I've not done what you've done. You said that you didn't want to do anything a bit sort of silly and wacky. Well, that's what I've done. Oh, great. Well, this <laughs> should be highly inappropriate. I can't wait. Um, actually, it's not. But uh, okay, this one's called Roommates. Roommate. Okay. Yeah. So Brie Larson's character, who I don't believe ever gets a name. Joy. Joy. Okay. Yeah. She can't afford to live in a place of her own.
1: Is this a direct sequel or are you passing yeah. the time of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is, is poor Jacob Tremblay going to have to be shot from weird angles to make him look like he's still five? <laughs> <laughs> um, it could be a couple of years later. I don't know. Okay. Sure. Yeah, He's not really in it that much. Okay. Fine.
0: Yeah. So she has to move into a house share with another woman. Oh, Okay. What is she um, at
1: college? Has she got a job or is she just trying to get away from her mum for a while? Just trying to get away from her mum for a while. Okay, sure. Fair enough. Really. Trying to strike and, you know, out just on her kind own. of start a life of her own probably. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah. All she can afford is a basement apartment in New York. Okay. Her
1: roommate, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, oh, that's good. No, I like that. Okay, yeah, because they both had similar experiences. <laughs> well, your whole face changed right then. <laughs> I was so nervous when you said, I've done a wacky one. I was like, oh, God, is this going to be awful? Are we going to get cancelled? But no, that, I like this. That That's actually a really good pairing. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, this, this isn't too risky a, uh, a sequel. Okay.
0: Now, initially, Joy and Kimmy clash wildly. Okay. They really don't get on. Their, their personalities just don't work together.
1: Do they both know... Are they, be, are they being got front about what's happened to them both? Or did they not meet on, like, a survivor? Oh, it's just a not pure coincidence. Because they're both trying to just move past it. Right, okay. So they're not... They didn't meet in, like, a survivor's chat room or anything. It's just coincidence. No, no, pure no, no. it's a coincidence
0: that they found each other on Craigslist or how Americans find apartments.
1: Okay. And is it actual Kimmy Schmidt? Yes. Okay, so is the, does that mean that, like... Is this after she's moved out from Titus's, or...? Uh, I forget how the show ended. Did she move out? Because... I can't remember yeah. either. That last season was kind of forgettable, to be honest. A little bit, yeah. I, I literally only finished it a couple of months ago, but yeah, I've forgotten. Yeah. Well, okay, sure. But but are they? What I mean is, are they still in the picture? Are we, are we going to get cameos from Titus and from Carol Kane? I've not got I've not all? got
0: anything written in, but it would be sure, nice to, they, to have. Them they could certainly. pop up. Sure, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, they're they're clashing wildly. They're not getting on. They they hate each other. They're bad housemates. Maybe get a fair few scenes of that. Maybe half a movie. Who knows? Either yeah. way. At one point, Brie Larson gets a phone call, uh,
1: and it's actually from um, old Nick in prison. Okay. Oh, is it like in Kimmy Schmidt where John Hamm would, would phone up, up for the public? It's exactly like that. It okay. turns
0: out that he somehow managed to legally marry her, but oh, now wants no. a divorce so that
1: he can marry somebody, uh, some man that he's met in prison. I question even the American justice system, any justice system that would allow that marriage to stand up in court, but sure. Well,
0: maybe it was something to do with
1: he wanted to get
0: all her assets when she was declared, you know, missing or whatever. Sure, okay. And so perhaps he faked a marriage certificate or something. I don't know. I mean, those are all details that are not important right here. The point is, sure, sure, sure. we're repeating well, season three or whatever, Kimmy Schmidt, they are married, he wants a divorce. Okay. Um, so after hanging up this phone call pretty much immediately, mm-hmm. uh, Brie Larson sits down and cries. And when Kimmy asks... Second. Sorry, sorry.
1: sorry. Is, is Jacob Tremblay living in the f- apartment with Kimmy Schmidt and Brie Larson?
0: Uh, yeah, sure. But I've basically he's not, not included them in this. He's maybe not he's part just at school most of the time. Okay, maybe he stayed with his grandma. Sure, yeah. Hmm. All that works. Yeah. But yeah, so Kimmy asks, um, asks what's up and uh, Brie Larson replies that, No, you wouldn't understand. I've been through something really big and I just can't seem to shift it. Kimmy admits that she's also been through something really big. And then they both explain what's going on.
1: Oh, okay. So then And they, they... have a little they
0: have a little bonding moment just like oh, you were locked up? I was locked up. We're the same. We're like sisters. <laughs> okay. You know, a scene that goes like that, maybe, I don't know. Or Okay, sure. Maybe a little sadder, who knows? Yeah, and then Kimmy brings the advice to the matter on hand of like, Hey, so this prison divorce thing, I've been through all this. What you wanna <laughs> do? You really wanna drag it out. You wanna make it an absolute shit show for them because Hey, all they've got, all they've got is time, and they took away time from you. So,
1: mm-hmm. oh, so Kimmy's like her survival mentor, ultimately. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Like
0: she's been through it already.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I like that. Yeah. So, as they work through it, and um, the divorce that is, mm-hmm. um, one point while Bree's on the phone to old Nick, um, she asks about the the man he wants to marry, and he replies that oh, I think he's some sort of revenant or something.
1: Well, so she's mar- he's marrying John Hamm. He is marrying John Ham, yes, from okay. Kimmy Schmidt. So John Ham's gay now? Would you be surprised? No, yeah, sure, whatever.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kimmy is now quite conflicted uh, mm. because though she does want closure for her new friend Brie Larson, um she also passionately doesn't want the revenant to be happy. Mm. For people who have not seen Kimmy Schmidt, the revenant is the person who locks up
1: Kimmy for. Years. You keep saying the revenant. I think you mean the reverend. Oh, the revenant come on, is the no. film, not Leonardo the same DiCaprio. thing. No, no. The Revenant is a film Leonardo DiCaprio won an Oscar for. Right. Okay. What is a revenant then? A revenant is a person who has returned, especially supposedly from the dead.
0: All oh, right. Ah.
1: So in many oh. ways, Brie Larson is a revenant, but. Uh, yeah. I John Hamm To look. be
0: honest, I never knew that they were different words. Well, they are. <laughs> Reverend. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so that is the person that uh, kidnapped Kimmy Schmidt in Hersha. Um, but yeah, Kimmy's quite conflicted because she really doesn't want her captor to have any kind of happiness or anything. So mm. she really kind of, she doesn't want him to get married, basically. Sure. But she also doesn't want Bree Larson to just be still married to this guy. She's a little bit conflicted about it. But luckily, her good nature wins through in the end. She helps Bree with her divorce, uh, making sure that Brie gets all she can out of it, i.e. all of old Nick's money. Old Nick's house, mm. everything just take takes everything from him.
1: Mm.
0: They both come to the realization. I think mean, both both women they come to the realization that both of those men, they're very bitter. They hate everything, and are probably straight anyway. So, as marriages go, it's not going to be that good.
1: No, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think it's a it's a goer to be honest. Sure. No.
0: <laughs> yeah. So then Brie Larson gets all his money in the in the divorce, sells his house. Um, buys a new house of her own somewhere in the suburbs, maybe near her parents, who knows? And lives happily ever
1: after, the end. Oh great, okay, sure. I mean, how did he get money? He was broke. Hey, what, old Nick? Yeah, he was broke in the original. Yeah, okay, maybe he didn't have much money, but either way he had a house, didn't he? So Sure. Oh, okay. So she gets everything out of him in some yeah. way. Okay. Yeah, okay, that works. That's good. I I think I just like the idea of them of the whole Kimmy Schmidt angle really. Kimmy Schmidt makes a friend who's also a a survivor, yeah. so Yeah, Yeah, I'd like that too.
0: Interesting Um, take. I've got a a second idea, but it's only short. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess kind of as a, maybe as a coder to my first idea. Sure. It's called Room 2,
1: Self-Isolation. Okay. Is this just a documentary?
0: (laughs) Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so it's now a few years later. Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay, they're living in their house, happily ever after. Mm -hmm. She's got a job somewhere, he goes to school, and then all of a sudden, coronavirus hits. Oh, no self-isolation they've got to lock themselves up in their own house and just keep to themselves
1: oh that's gonna be awful for them
0: well i mean they've had they've had more years of freedom than they've had of of captivity so you know it's well behind them right now and if the rest of the world really struggles with what to do and you know can't stop dancing to britney spears and other things
1: Mm -hmm. they it's a coping
0: mechanism harry sorry it's valid it's a valid coping mechanism (laughs) Um, they have this whole self-isolation thing down. They know exactly what to do and how to keep themselves busy. Actually, that's uh, true.
1: They might handle it surprisingly well.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so when eventually the world gets completely bored and they'll start breaking isolation and everything and everybody's going crazy in their own homes, mm-hmm. Brilliant has the great idea, hey, let's start a vlog. A vlog? St- mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they start a vlog. They show people how to be self-isolated and how to make it work. Ah. And uh, it's very successful. They make even more money and leave even more live even more happily ever after. Oh, so they become like YouTube <laughs> the stars
1: end again. Okay, yeah, like that. Uh, what? What? Did you have a title for that for every of those? Oh. Yeah, that was the room two self isolation. Oh yeah, was the title for the first one? Did you say roommates? Roommates. That was it. Okay, cool. Okay, no, very good. Very, both very plausible. I can see that. Yeah, cool. Okay, I think we managed to get away with that. Just <laughs> yeah.
0: See, I, now I brought a bit of a positive energy to this episode.
1: I feel like mm-hmm. you didn't. Look, I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> sure,
0: <laughs> what do you want from sure. me with this
1: emotional ringer of a film? Right.
0: In the future, John, you're always welcome to veto a film. Okay,
1: well, next time maybe I will. Good, okay. Okay. Um, do you want to do listen submissions? Uh, I don't this week, I'm afraid. Oh, shit. Sure, the neither. well was dry. Really? Nothing? <laughs> no, sorry. My listeners agreed. They they had nothing for this one, I'm afraid. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe the listeners should have vetoed this as well, then. <laughs> maybe everyone should have thought better of this.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. okay. Bit well. of a dud. Fine. Whatever. I won't take it personally. It wouldn't be like me. But, you know, <laughs> fuck everybody.
1: <laughs> it's a very good film, and it's well worth watching. Um, whether or not it's a film for a generally comedic podcast, yeah. Yeah, okay. we, we, we will see we'll, we'll let the listeners judge but uh, yeah uh, okay so um, quick question do you think this will be our
0: lowest ranked episode uh, like from listenership
1: we'll have to find out won't we maybe some people will think it's the room and uh, be yeah, very bitterly yeah, disappointed
0: the yeah. yeah
1: there must be a lot of crossover between those films <laughs> So thank you, nobody, for those sequel ideas. Um, <laughs> but, but in general, we do ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter, where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others. Five-star reviews are greatly appreciated. They really help us to uh, expand our listener base. And of course, as mentioned, we are also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the kind of people who would raise us more than five stars if they could. You can find all those links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And also, one little announcement. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about this.
0: As of this coming Friday night at mm-hmm. about 8pm. Hmm, oh, like... I do know about this. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this Friday night, 8pm British summertime. Time. Mm-hmm. have to work out your own time zones. Um, we're going to be doing, or I'm going to be doing, uh, some live quizzes. Um, I'm going to live stream on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So we've been writing quizzes for our pub, uh, pop culture quizzes, for pff, nearly two years. Mm-hmm. Um, every month. So we've got a whole big back catalogue. So, yeah, I thought I'd just do them again on our, on our on our YouTube page. So tune in this Friday, eight o'clock. I'm going to be doing a Star Wars quiz.
1: Oh, okay. So how are you thinking it's going to work? Is, is it just going to be a YouTube live stream and then people play along at home?
0: Yeah, that's it. People, yeah, play along at home. Find a thing to write down yourself and uh, mark your own answers. Obviously, you know, play it honestly because where's the fun if you're not going to do that? Sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah,
1: we'll see who's the who's the biggest Star Wars nerd. Oh, I'm excited. Should be interesting. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that's a new thing for us. Tune in at Friday 8 o'clock. Just search Beyond the Box set on YouTube for that. Or go to our website. All the links are there. And next week, Harry, mm-hmm. it's a me choice. Mm-hmm. I did want to, after this, I was desperate to think of like some brilliant self-isolation comedy that I could bring into the table just to, you know, lighten mm-hmm. things up a little bit. But uh, they're a bit thin on the ground, really. But I, mm-hmm. So I found a film that's on theme and hopefully does not fall into the category of uber depressing in the way that uh this one did mm-hmm. uh, so but, but we'll see we'll, we'll judge the film i've chosen is actually a horror movie mm-hmm. or mm, maybe mm, sort of a horror movie i'll let you decide I, I don't know if you've seen it or not the film we're going to do is the others the others do you know anything about this film not at all okay great well then well, i would say watch it blind okay yeah okay I'll i'll i'll, I'll do my
0: best cool
1: great all right well that's hopefully going to be interesting i'll have to find Uh, out yeah so i'm going to go log off and watch something very funny and light and not emotionally draining (laughs) Uh, but thank you for listening and uh, join us next week for the others yeah thanks for listening guys see you next time bye bye Grandma. Yeah.